Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. So that's what we'll be talking about today. Now, um, 
So there's a power and authority that God gives us when we're Christians, when we become saved. Um, and that we use to do different miracles or to connect with the Holy Spirit or to just bless people. And so there's that power and authority that's given to us. Um, but sometimes um, we can lose sight of that and sometimes we can choose to walk away from that. Um, so in the beginning, God chose to give mankind power and authority to rule in the garden and he qualified them to have dominion over the garden. Um, and so I just wanted to define qualified on the next slide. It says to be entitled to a particular benefit or privilege by filling a necessary condition. So God qualified Adam and Eve to rule in the garden. He qualified them. He said, you will name the creatures, you will take care of the land in the garden, and you will have rule and dominion over this. That is your power and authority. But there was something that God asked of them. There was only one thing that God asked of them in order to do this. <laughs> just one thing. You think they would have gotten it right if it was just one. Um, but it's okay. We all mess up. But um, so it says the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. You can eat from anything, anything. <laughs> but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will certainly die. And now the Lord had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. And so Adam, he had the authority to rule over the creatures of the land and over the crops of the ground. And the only qualifying um, thing that God said was, you, you just can't eat from this one tree, just this one tree. Everything else you could have, but you can't eat from this one tree. And I think it's funny, um, I'm going to share this a little bit later, but as people, we get very curious with the one thing that we can't have. <laughs> um, and I've <laughs> done it myself, I'm sure you all have been there, um, but we just get so fascinated and intrigued by the one thing that is going to harm us by the one thing that God said isn't good for you. We don't believe it. Well, isn't that better than what I've been doing? Isn't that going to be better than what you've already promised me? And so as people, sometimes we find ourselves desiring the, the one thing when we have everything else that God has given us. Um, and that was a story for me. Again, I'm going to go into it later, but um, I desired something that God said wasn't good for me and everyone around me said wasn't good for me. Um, but it was just the one thing. I wasn't focusing on everything else that I had. Um, and so, as everyone knows the story, this is going to be a fluffy message, and I love you all. Thank you for bearing with me. Um, but I felt like I needed to explain a few things before I jumped back into um, preaching again. <laughs> so you guys understood where I'm coming from. Um, but we all know the story, so Genesis 3, the fall happened, the serpent came and whispered in Eve's ear and said, this is good fruit. God is lying to you. The enemy only has power and authority when we give it to him. Um, so nothing he was saying was true, but Eve and Adam, they believed the lie that the enemy was saying, and that's the only power and authority that he has over us until we surrender the rest to him by believing it. And so, in Genesis 3, 
Adam and Eve chose to do the one thing that would separate them from the presence of God and disqualify them from the power and authority that God had given them. So it wasn't that God took away the power and authority that he had given them. It was that they surrendered it to the enemy, and it was by their own doing, by their own choice. And so if we read Genesis 3, 1 through 7, I always laugh because <laughs> it says that Adam was standing there watching Eve. I was like... <laughs> Were you just trying to make sure she didn't die? What were you doing, Adam? That's a side note. I just think that's funny. Um, but it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say, You must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat from the trees in the garden. Um, but God did say, You must not eat the fruit from the tree that was in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will certainly die, the or you certainly will not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And so the enemy, that's what he does. He says, did God really say? Did God really say? Did God really say? Um, now, in my story that I'm going to share with you guys later, you guys all know that I've grown up in church. I've been there since I was, <laughs> what, mom? baby nursery i know the word of god i know what's right and wrong and i know the promises that god has for me but it started with the enemy saying but did god really say or is god really good or is god even real um it starts with those small lies that you allow if you don't take them captive fast enough if you don't work with god to take down the lofty things that would try to exalt themselves above him that's just a little way that the enemy inches his way in, and then it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then the lies that you're believing continue to get stronger and stronger and stronger until you're doing things that you wouldn't normally do or believing things that you wouldn't normally believe about God. Um, and when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was there with her, and he ate it. <laughs> then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Um, I was thinking about this today. I never really understood why they... I was like, well, you've been naked this whole time. Why do you care? <laughs> why do you want to cover yourself? But I realized, thinking about where um, I came from, when I finally went and I did the things that I was desiring to do and I tried to come back. It was like I realized I was so naked. I understood what they meant. You're so naked and open and vulnerable and it's like I just want to cover myself and hide. Um, I didn't come to church for, it's been about six months. I wasn't going to church. Um, I was only, I was the first two months I wasn't coming to church, I, um, that's when everything was going on. But after that, it wasn't that I was, I had come back to Jesus after that, but I stayed away because I was so ashamed of, I felt so naked and vulnerable. And I felt like the power and authority that God had given me, because I felt like I was finally, before that, I felt like I was doing good in my walk with Jesus. I was like, woohoo, I'm getting somewhere. <laughs> I'm like, I'm preaching, I'm on the worship team, I'm doing good. But when all that happened and everything fell apart, I 
felt like I could never be restored. And so um, I felt naked, like they were saying. And um, so I, I laugh at this. Why would God place the tree in the garden if he knew that they would fall? So why would God allow you to feel tempted? Why would God allow you to go through those things or put those things in front of you that he knows aren't going to be good for you? Like, why would he do that? I've asked myself that. Um, But every time I ask God that, he kindly says because he wanted me to choose him. Um, Yeah, he wanted me to choose him. It's not... He doesn't want us to just go by the rules and just because it's right. He doesn't want us just to be Christians who sit in our pews and who worship just because it's the right thing to do. But he wants us to want relationship with him. He wants us to choose him because we love him so much and we understand the love and the sacrifice that he poured out on our behalf so that we could be with him. He wants us to choose him. It's like, um, I think of like, people who do arranged marriages, it's like, I don't know if the woman or the husband can feel completely loved because they weren't chosen. You were forced to marry me. You were forced to give yourself to me. Um, I can't speak on behalf of that because I've never (laughs) been in an arranged marriage, but that's what I assume. It's like, it's not, I wasn't your choice. I was forced upon you. Um, And that's what I imagine, Uh, again, can't speak on behalf of that, but that's what I imagine, just because choosing someone has far more greater um, power, choosing someone other than um, forcing them to do something. It's like when I choose to clean the house and mom gets all excited, it has more more weight than if she was like, can we clean the house, can we clean the house, can we clean the house, 500 million times, and then I'm finally like, fine. But when I do it because I love her, it has a lot more weight than if she were to force me to do it. So he wanted them to choose him. Um, So there's always effects and uh, consequences to people's choices. Um, And the consequence to Adam and Eve's choice is that they were banished from the direct presence of God. So in the Garden of Eden, in the beginning, they walked with God daily. They were in his presence, and they just, they knew him in an intimate way that I don't even think, I mean, no one, they were the first people on earth, they were his creation. They knew him because they talked with him and they walked with him. And then the power and authority that was given to them was surrendered to the enemy. Um, So he had hold over them. He had um, more authority over them. If you look in the, um, I don't think I wrote it down here, but uh, in Genesis 3 when it was talking about the curses that were put on them after um, their decision, it talks about how the serpent will strike the next generation's heel and then the next generation will stomp on the serpent. So they were equal. They both had equal authority to harm each other at that point. It was because... Um, they had surrendered their authority to the enemy. That part. Um, so, yeah. Thank you guys for giving me grace with this. I. Good. Um, um, so, there's something I want to stress. I know you guys, we all know this, we're told it um, as we're growing up, but. Uh, 
Sometimes we just need to be reminded. So their mistake did not separate them from the, God's love. Um, it did separate them from the power and authority, again, that God had given them because they willingly surrendered it, but it did not separate them from the love of God. Nothing could change that. Um, one of my favorite verses, and it just seems so small, so it was talking about how Adam and Eve had sewed fake leaves together, and that was probably their first time doing it. I'm sure they did not do a good job <laughs> because they hadn't needed to do it before. It's like there's probably holes everywhere, they're feeling ashamed, and they're like, well, I can't even do this right. Um, but so in their nakedness, in their shame, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. So even though they had chosen something other than him, he still loved them enough to say, I'm going to cover you up. I'm going to cover you. And that's another, um, it's an example of what Jesus did when he died for us. He says, I'm going to cover you up and I'm going to take away that shame that you're feeling right now. Um, so I think that's really cool. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. um, so God's rescue plan, um, because of God's great love for us, he wanted to restore us to the power and authority that was lost due to sin. He didn't just want to restore us, um, take away our shame and our guilt. He didn't just want to do that, but he wanted to take it to the next level where we had power and authority to move in his strength and his power and his presence so that we could access him. Um, he wanted to give us the power and authority, but he also wanted to restore a relationship with us, and he wanted us to enter into his presence. So those are the two things, the power and authority and relationship, and restore him to his presence. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever done something dumb, <laughs> but I have. Um, and when you're in the midst of it, it's like you feel so far away from God. It's like you can't imagine trying to crawl back to him. It's like, it just, I don't know how to explain it because I had never really, you learn to cherish the presence of God more because you don't have it anymore. And it's not that he's not willing to give it to you, it's that you distance yourself from him when you chose this other thing. Um, so he wanted, he wants to restore that to us. Um, and the ways that he did that was, um, um, but he wanted to restore, gotta go one more. Yeah, okay, story time. He wanted to restore um, relationship with us, which I think is really cool, because that's always been the biggest thing with God that he's always highlighted for me was his love. Um, and the fact that he chases after you and desires relationship, it's so amazing to think that someone could love you that much because I don't think I love anyone that much <laughs> um, it's just amazing the way that he loves us and um, it's I don't know I'm in awe of it every time but um, so I was going to describe God's rescue plan and depth um, but I think I'm going to tell you my story first since I keep referencing it um, but again, these past six months have been really hard. Um, there's been a lot going on, and I did not handle it well. <laughs> so, um, but I was justifying things that I knew weren't right in my own life because I was tired of following God. And there was a lot of things that were going on in my life where it was like, God, are you even there? 
but I knew he was there. It was just like, I didn't, I was like, since this is going on, I'm not choosing you. It was basically trying to punish God. Um, uh, so the past six months, I was not, poor Jackie. <laughs> um, Jackie had to deal with me and my uh, meltdown. But I was doing things that I normally wouldn't do. I was finding myself drinking a lot and hanging out with the wrong people. And uh, my boyfriend was a jerk, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I, um, I was doing things that I knew in my heart were wrong and um, that I had never even thought about doing before. But I was so tired and I was so hurt. And I was just like, I'm done. I'm giving up. Like, I don't want you God anymore like I'm I'm gonna try the other way because maybe it's better than what I'm going through right now um with other stuff with completely separate than what I was doing um and so I chose that stuff and I was in it for about two and a half months um Jackie continued to pray for me we continued but um and my family did too but there was a lot of rough moments because I was really pushing them away and I didn't want to hear what they had to say. Um, and because I knew I was wrong. <laughs> but I didn't care. And I think that's the scary thing is when you've been with God for so long and you know what you're doing is wrong, but you don't care. I think that's a really dangerous spot to be. Um, and so I continued in my sin and what I was doing because I thought that it would make me feel better. And it would make the other issues in my life go away or seem smaller. But they didn't. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Didn't work. Um, and so when everything finally ended and came to a close, I just, um, it felt like my world was kind of ending. Like there really wasn't, I was so scared to go back to God. Um, not because he had done anything to, make me feel that way, but because I was ashamed, um, just like they were talking about in here, I felt really naked, and I felt, ew, gross. <laughs> I'm like, look what you did. Um, and I, that's why I didn't come to church for so long, was because I didn't feel qualified to be loved by God anymore because of what I did. Um, and so there was this, my family continued to pray for me, and um, I got some help that I needed and just continued to seek the Lord. But there was this book that my mom used to read to me when I was younger. And it was my favorite book. And one of the days I was, um, I went to my mom's house and I was just crying on her bed because I was tired and I just didn't know what to do at this point. I was like, God, I can't, I'm trying to seek you, but the shame of my past and Everything else that's going on seems to keep overshadowing your love for me. Um, so I went to my mom's house, <laughs> and I looked at this book, and because um, she used to read it to us every, like, every week or whatever, and um, she would do the different voices and stuff, and basically um, it's called The Way Home by um, Max Licato. Um, but it's, yeah... Um, it's down, but that's okay. Um, so it's about a princess. So she's adopted 
the story starts off with she's adopted into a kingdom um, where a king, he is a good king, and all of his um, people love him so much because he's kind and he takes care of them and he makes sure that they have everything that they need. And he adopts this orphan and she's beautiful and she um, is knowledgeable and she is taken care of in the castle. But every day she goes and sits by the window and looks into the forest of what, at the territory she can't be at, where she's not allowed to go because that extends the father's territory. Um, so every day she goes and looks at the window and her professor, which to me was Jackie, says, you shouldn't be looking over there. <laughs> you can't have that. They're not good for you. Um, you'll be harmed by the things that are over in that forest. Um, but still she continues to look. And um, eventually she gets tricked into going in there. One of the um, bad guys or whatever um, dresses up as an old woman and says, why don't you come with me? It's just a little bit in. Go into the forest. It won't hurt you. You can come right back out. That's a lie that we all believe, right? You can come right back out. It's just a small sin. Um, but as she continues to go deeper and deeper into the forest, she realizes that the pathway that she came from closed in behind her. Um, and it was hard to get out. And so I'm just going to read you this portion of the book. It says, um, basically, the king was going to come get her um, after talking to his advisors, and they thought he was crazy because he wouldn't take anyone with him. Um, but he still wanted to go get her because it, it's his kid. That's his daughter. Um, so it says, the forest ended abruptly, and the king stepped into a clearing. His clothing and skin was torn, and he found Anna confused in the center of the village. The forest dwellers had abandoned their huts, and the princess didn't run nor did she approach her father. She stood frozen with shame. Um, so sometimes you get like that. It's like when you're in the midst of everything, you're just so confused and tired. It's like, you can't, I'm stuck. Like no matter what I do, I just feel stuck and I'm tired and I don't know what to do. Um, he sighed. Her clothing and skin were shredded and her hair was matted and caught with burrs. Her back was already beginning to stoop like those who lived in the village. When he touched her shoulder, she stiffened. Come back with me, he offered. She said nothing. Why would you stay? She had no answer. Not for her father, not even for herself. Come back to the castle with me, he offered. I'm one of them now, she mumbled. But you weren't made for this. The king was silent, and he knew what had to be done. So when you're, um, I know all of you guys, I love you all, and you guys are all in good places, I'm sure. Um, but for me, this was literally how I was feeling. I couldn't, I knew I wasn't made for it, but I didn't know how to get out. And so I literally needed Jesus to come in and like, save me. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but I needed him to come in and to take everything down, every lie that I was believing about myself. Because the funny thing is the enemy will talk you into doing something and then he'll condemn you because you did it. <laughs> and so when you're in that place, God is the only one that can take you out of it, that can um, silence the voices around you and that can stop the enemy from having a grip over you in that area. Um, 
And he does it because you're his. Like, in the book, he says, the enemy comes in and he says, you can't have her. She made her choice. She is mine. You can't have her back. She's going to be stuck here forever and she's going to become one of us. And the father, after he sacrifices himself for the daughter, he says, no, she's mine. She's mine and she's my chosen one and I'm going to take her home. And so when we're in the middle of everything and it feels like you can't escape, um, yeah, you just have to remember, we have to remember that we are his. And just because we did the things that we did or the um, chose the path that we chose, it doesn't mean that we're forever forsaken or that we're forever stuck in the place where we are. It doesn't mean that we won't ever get the power and authority back that we had. It's just, it's a process back home. They had to walk the trail back home. They had to walk through the forest to get back home. And they had to make a choice to take each step, no matter how hard it was for her. She was tired, she was hungry, and she was worn out, and she was probably depressed because of what she had chosen. But with her father's help, she took one step at a time, and she went home. And so, um, I don't know what everyone's going through right now, but I know there's a lot of Christians have been attacked in the most recent um, months and have been going through a lot of stuff, but I just want to encourage you to keep moving forward um, because God is going to continue to give you everything you need, and he's also going to continue to increase your power and authority as you walk forward with him. Um, like Mom was saying, I'm not where I was, but I'm not where I want to be. So we keep moving forward. Um, and so that's what I was going through. And um, as I was thinking about wanting to preach and still trying to battle the enemy, in my mind, I was reminded of the different people in the Bible who had made mistakes and who had moved forward. Like David, he killed a man, slept with his wife, but he was still known as the beloved of God or a man after his own heart. Um, yeah, that one's not in there. You can go back up. Yeah. Um, or Peter, who denied knowing God three times with cursing and swearing. He said, I swear that I don't know him. I swear that I don't know him. Even though that he, God was about to give up everything so that Peter could be set free. God, he was about to save the earth. But Peter said, I do not know him. But Peter was the rock that God built his church on. And so these imperfect people God uses to fulfill his perfect plan. And it's amazing because when we realize that we don't have to do it in and of ourselves, but God's going to use us for his glory, no matter what we do, no matter how many times we slip and fall, as long as we get back up and are willing to move forward, he can use us in mighty ways. And our testimony is even a... <laughs> It brings more glory to him because this is where I came from and this is where I'm going and this is where I am right now. And so as um, we continue going through this difficult time of whatever you're going through in your life, um, I just want to encourage you guys, if there's something in your life, um, I don't know, even if it's just small, not as drastic as me, I went off the deep end and it was not fun. Um, <laughs> But uh, even if it's just something small, I was justifying my sin. 
because I was like, oh, I'm going through this other stuff with my family right now. It's okay that I'm choosing this over God. Or I've been a Christian my whole life. Might as well just try something new. I was justifying my sin, but I'm realizing that that's the thing that put me in danger was because I wasn't willing to see it for what it was. Um, so even if it's just small, like lying or gossiping, I know all sin is equal, but some sin seems to carry more weight. <laughs> Um, but I'm just gonna encourage you guys, um, just ask him about it, ask him to help you stop justifying it, because that's, we lose power and authority when we continue to justify the things that we're doing, um, to our liking. And so, um, yeah, God has just been showing me that we're never too far from him to receive his love. Um, we're never too far for him to gain back the power and authority that he had for us in the first place as long as we're willing to move forward and um, we have to choose to listen to God's voice rather than condemnation from our past choices it's a choice um, I know I've been all over the place but um it's a choice. We chose to, God chose us. We chose something. Adam and Eve chose something else other than God, but it's a choice. We have to continue to choose him, and it's going to be um, worth it in the end, I guess. Um, I am all over the place, but it's okay. Um, yeah, I just want to yeah, thank you guys for allowing me to come back and preach. It was honestly one of my favorite things, and usually I'm not so all over the place, but I think I'm just getting back into the swing of things, um, of, you know, everything. So, um, but yeah, you can't disqualify yourself from something that God has qualified you for. Um, no matter what you're going through or what you've done, God has a specific purpose for each and every one of our lives, and he wants to use you to walk it out. He'll, if you're not willing to do it, he will bring someone to do the work for you, but it won't be as good because it wasn't you. Um, so, yeah, um, that's what I have. Um, and so with activation, I don't know. Oh, Mom wants me to read these things. Um, so activation is the process of making something active or operative. Um, revelation brings responsibility and the process. So revelation comes through all five senses. Interpretation is key. Ask and don't assume. So if you're getting something, ask the Holy Spirit and don't assume what it means. And then application, ask God what he wants you to do with it. Um, so with activation, Again, I know you guys are in a better place than I was, but it can't hurt to ask. Um, I just felt like God wanted me to ask you to ask him to show you any areas of sin that you've been justifying in fear of disqualifying yourself from his love or your calling. Um, even if you didn't notice it, still ask him if there's anything. Sometimes he'll be like, Candy, you're bitter, and I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> Not until I ask him, but he doesn't tell me, and then I have to work on it. Um, so... We're just going to ask that, and then if anything, um, if anything is brought up, 
ask him to forgive you and help you to move forward free from that sin. And then finally, um, ask him what he's calling you to do in this season and ask him to help you walk it out. Because in every season, there's a different, he's asking you to do something else. And if you haven't asked him yet for this season, then it's a good time to do so. Um, so Father, we just thank you for your love and your continued grace as we figure life out. Um, we thank you, we praise you, Father, that in you alone, uh, we can come back to where we're supposed to be. In you alone, we find the grace and the courage to walk in your freedom and your love, Jesus. And I just ask, Father, that anything that um, we've given over to the power of the enemy, um, whether it be knowingly or unknowingly, Father, um, anywhere where we've given him power and authority in our lives, Father, that you would reveal it, Jesus, um, and that you would just help us to be courageous enough to confront it and move forward with you, God. Um, and I just ask, Father, as they're talking to you and listening to you, Father, that you would just um, help them to give themselves grace if there is anything that comes up. Um, because you're a God of grace. You're a God of love. Holy Spirit.
to know right now, he's not mad at you about this. He does want you to knock it off. But not because he's mad at you, but because he loves you. It's not his best for you. That's all. You're actually hurting yourself, and you're his child. He loves you. He wants you to be safe. He wants you to be whole. He wants you to be encouraged. He wants you to be strengthened. When you're doing this thing, it actually wounds you. It actually hurts you. It actually pulls you out of your destiny. It actually derails you from the fullness of the good things that he desires to give you. That's why I want you to stop. I've tried. I'm just hearing someone say, I've tried. I've tried. I don't know what to do. I've tried. Holy Spirit, what is your promise to me that can help me not try and not strive, but to actually overcome? Show me what I need to overcome. Show me what I need to be victorious in this. You may see a vision. You may see a specific verse. You may be reminded of something you told you before. Receive it. That's your answer. Maybe you might have a dream, a prophetic word. That's your answer. You just keep receiving from it right now. And I just heard, I've been doing this too long. I've always done it this way. I don't know how to stop. It is not too late. You are not too far gone. There is nothing you've been doing too long or too far rooted in your life that the Lord cannot take you out of. There's no iniquity in your heart, no root to be. Everything can be shared. He is the creator of heaven and earth. He is Elohim. He is the King of kings and the Lord of all lords. He spoke his world into existence and he can speak to that mountain. He can speak to that root and he can tell it to come up and to be cast. Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey. Because God is good, and He has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you, we love you, have a blessed day.